Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Everything's going to be all right. Is uh, it? <laughs> yes. Did you just soothe yourself then? Could you went, ah, I did. It's like you're getting a foot massage. Yeah, I know. I wish I was getting a bloody foot massage. According to you from last week's episode, I have a foot fetish. Did I to say that? You did say that to I, publicly. I just because you say last week, and I'm podcast. like, when was that? A million years <laughs> we ago. Don't know. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Suggestible Pod, the podcast where professionalism is of top priority. Re- professionalism runs <laughs> rampant. <laughs> It what? is absolutely askew with professionalism. <laughs> what do you, what are you, you're the ramblings of a madman over there. That man who was rambling and saying words like askew that I don't think he actually knows the meaning of is my husband, James. My name is Claire and this show is a show where we recommend you things to watch, read and listen to. We also have to be... I recommend using askew in like context that I might not fit in. <laughs> Correct. What does askew mean? Don't, don't patronise me, Claire. Why don't you tell me what it means? How about that? How about that? Oh, you just think I'm patronising you all of the time. That's like, because you're I, smarter than me, Claire. <laughs> no. Okay, listeners, I have to tell you something. So <laughs> when we were cooking dinner, well, James was cooking dinner yesterday. This is a tangent that is not normally in the podcast. I'm so sorry. No, it absolutely is. This is par for the course. It's very askew of us. All right, so James is making my favourite recipe, Moroccan couscous chicken, that I make all the time. I recommended it on my Instagram account, at Clertotti, because it's a one-pot wonder. Anyway, I walked in the kitchen and he was burning the chicken and looking very frazzled. No, and I was I said, not burning the chicken. in a lovely, kind way, let me just stir this because the chicken is burning. You need to turn the heat down and then also you need to just cook the couscous in the actual pot. Because I'd made it before. Because it's one and, pot. Yeah. yeah. And then I tried to tell you about the history of Moroccan <laughs> yeah, exactly. couscous. Yeah, okay. Which I found really so, interesting. But here's the thing, right? And you just yell at me. For anybody who has kids <laughs> or anybody who's ever cooked dinner ever, it's like hectic. There's things going on. <laughs> one kid like tugging on my sleeve being like, what are we doing tomorrow? And I'm like, oh, fucking no. I'm just, just give me a goddamn <laughs> second. Swear. No, I didn't swear. didn't swear. No, I didn't swear. No, I didn't talk like that. But um. <laughs> And the other baby's like screaming in the other room and, and you're you're dealing with her. And then Claire's like, the chicken's burning, which by the way, it wasn't. It was under control. And then she's like, but you know the history of couscous? And I'm like, I could not think of a thing that I could give less of a fuck about than the history of couscous. And you're like, you don't even know what I'm going to say. And I'm like, you're going to say they put this couscous in and everything, it absorbs they all the water in a dish. Juices. Like I understand how couscous works and I do not but care. you cooking it with boiling water. Yes, because I thought the, the, the dish was the couscous was cooked separately. I know, and this is why, dear <laughs> listeners, I Which, was helping and, him and because I of, cook it but all the time. Part of the it was my that part of the that part of the <laughs> scenario is useful to me. But if you're like, do you know couscous dates? I don't know. I don't and I don't care. But I'd already told you the strategy, and then I thought, while I'm telling you it, I'll also tell you what I learned. 
as I was cooking this particular recipe. Irrelevant. Anyway. You could have told me literally any irrelevant piece of information then and it would have been anyway, just as it important It may or may not me. come to as a surprise to you that James is not like being told what to do. I do not. On any level, even if. He does Also, know that what wasn't he's being doing. told what to do. That was that again. That was irrelevant information. No, I was telling you not to burn the chicken and to just chuck the couscous in the, the pot. The thing about chicken is Claire, The way I was cooking it, it was it was searing it. It was right at the precipice of me flipping it over and putting all the water in you so it could simmer down. All right. I knew exactly all what right. I was doing. All right, you just okay. Here's the other thing that you might find entertaining about James when he cooks. He gets so stressed. And he can't do anything else no, no, other than no. cook. Here's the and thing. if anyone asks him anything Claire, else while no. he's cooking, I literally cook almost no, every night. No, that is not true for one. And, and, <laughs> and he's always it's stressed. only stressful stressed. when you poke your nose in no, and you're like, what's not. going on? I'm like, it's get away stressful. from me. And you also take I, I, so I long. I actually like it. You take so long. But I take so long because I clean as I go. I'm like no. you. You're a hurricane. You yeah, upturn every pot in the kitchen. I'm a hurricane. You use every yes, glass. I am a hurricane. You know why? And I'm sure some people on the podcast will relate to this. <laughs> why are we having an argument about cooking on the show? Anyway, I'm sorry, new listeners. It's not normally like this. Anyway, it's by exactly the way, like let this. me get back to this <laughs> argument. The thing is, most people will relate that, say, a toddler is hungry and when they're hungry about 5.30, if you don't feed them immediately, if they turn into a tornado, a pillar of rage, a, a, a plethora of human emotions that turn into just a screaming fit and a puddle of, you know, really, a, really miserable on the floor and everyone's screaming. So when you need dinner, you need it done quickly. And so I am the master of making dinner as efficiently and quickly as I possibly can. Sometimes that means I use quite a few pots, but... I can get dinner on the table in like twenty minutes. By the way, I, James, ba- I banged out. James cooks. Speaking of, I it's banged out that meal, and you can't talk to it him while ma- you're cooking. No, Man, just stop interrupting. I can't. Well, this is what happens because you pop your head in. You're like, why are you doing it that way? And I'm like, do you want to take over? Do you want to do this? Okay. I, I, I enjoy this cooking. Like I like over it. I've got headphones in. Surfing. I've got headphones in. I'm having a good time. You're not. You're and it's you. It's when stressed. people come in. And get in my and get in my zone. That's when it's a anno- <laughs> yes, that's when it's stressful. And that is what I'm trying to tell you. Because I've got a whole balance of everything. You... I know exactly where I am in every moment of it. <laughs> and then having somebody go in and go, "Excuse me, do you know couscous when it was first developed?" <laughs> anyway, we should start the, what we this show is actually the actual about. Show. However, all I'm saying is oh you God. don't like being interrupted when you're doing a thing. And our who son likes being interrupted? Is exactly the same. Who and likes being two interrupted? People yeah, because I get interrupted literally every minute of the so day. So do I. No, no. Our son is exactly This podcast the same. is literally you interrupting me. <laughs> anyway. Okay, back to the show. We recommend you things and James is up first. Recommend away. Oh, P.S. We are currently We've in gone into extreme lockdown. Maybe extreme that's why tensions lockdown. are a little high. <laughs> just, just slightly high. Do you know something I read? We currently live in Melbourne for any listener who does not know in Australia. How am I going to see Tanette, Claire? <laughs> lockdown doesn't come you, up until September 13th. You said to me that you think you can apply to the government for a permit. To go to this, go Well, I was looking into it. I have to quote. A movie. If I do it. You don't understand, Claire. I have to see this movie. And the other thing is, if I do go and see it. I have to quarantine for two weeks either side. So I'll be out. if I see this movie, I'm out for a month. You are not allowed to do that. That I is have your to do dream. Quarantine for it. a month in a hotel room on your own. You'll get all the things 
done and no one will interrupt you. <laughs> no, but someone's going to come in and give me COVID, which is what's been happening <laughs> in this fucking country. Well, anyway, anyway. Melbourne is apparently under currently the strictest lockdowns in the entire world, mm. which I'm not complaining about because obviously it's a huge, you know, pandemic. It's really scary. There's a lot of things happening and it's really important and we're very lucky to have a government that is being really proactive and trying to keep its citizens safe. However, we are living in the strictest lockdown ever. Yeah. Stage four, so nightly curfews. Crazy. Can't drive with the, uh, out of five kilometres of your home without like a note yeah, from the government. Yeah, we cannot leave the house between 8pm and 5am yep. in the morning. And Mason, your co-host for your other podcast, The Weekly Planet, that may or may not be more successful than this one, has to get not a may permit. or may not. Just to be clarified, it is infinitely more <laughs> well, successful uh, by a factor uh, of at five. The moment, anyway, currently, <laughs> sure. Anyway, he has to get a permit in order to come to record the show. Yes, which because for some reason it falls under like journalism. What we do, <laughs> which is like, a, but also it's it's a, such a relief because the internet here is so terrible and everyone's at home. If we did it remotely, it would probably be a disaster. Yeah. So now we sit like. 15 feet apart from each other and record yeah, that way or whatever. Totally. Yeah. But it's just such a strange world we've found ourselves in, which currently might be why we've started this podcast with an argument. Maybe. Anyway. And we're eight minutes in. should get into it. Speaking <laughs> of personal crises, I'm going to recommend a comic book, Claire. It's called Dark Knight, a true Ooh. Batman story. And you might be like, what are you recommending Batman stories on this show and about I feel like that was weird possibly and nerdy a things. movie. Not weird. No, I mean it was, Recently? and many things. Not this is more niche kind of you, 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 you uh, kind of it's more of an artisanal podcast. You know what I mean? So why yeah, would I yeah. recommend this comic book? Yada, yada, because yada. it's by Paul Dini, who was one of the people who created Batman the animated series Poo in the nineties. No, his name's Paul <laughs> Dini. I dis, I distinctly said Poudini. Paul Dini. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> With art by Eduardo Rizzi. And the reason it's true story is because Paul Dini, when he was an up and coming, uh, what he was, he was working on this very successful Who? show. When he was an up and coming. <sighs> this is the couscous thing all over again. Uh, he was working on that series in the 90s as a creative person. Anyway, he's doing well. So he's working on this hugely successful show that is winning like multiple awards and Emmys and that. He's dating this mid level kind of vapid aspiring actress. And this is all the story in the comic book. And then on the walk home one night, he's assaulted by two gentlemen and gets like severe gentlemen. They weren't gentlemen. They were quite rough, if I'm, if I'm honest. They like. <laughs> they say, hello, governor. No, no, it was in the no. US. So they, oh, okay. they used an American accent, uh, presumably, unless they were British. I don't know. But they. They beat him like quite severely, oh, that uh, and they nearly nice. kicked out like one of his knees. They were going to kick out one of his knees, and luckily he twisted at the last minute because he would have limped for the rest of his life. So then, as a result of this, he's he's you know he's got skull fractures and he's all ribs broken. I don't know the specifics of, of his um, but he's had a real bad, time. A real bad time of it. So and he's all filled with like anger and regret and fear, like most of all, and kind of embarrassment. This thing, which could really happen to anybody. I got hit with a broken bottle in an alley once. Remember that? <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know you there, but that happened to me once. I was fine. It bounced off, and then I ran like you've never seen anybody <laughs> run before in their life. But anyway. That story, that could hit me in the face. Imagine him in the face. That would have fucked me up so much. beautiful face. I know. Yeah, anyway. Oh, um, I love that you turned and ran. Of course I did. Do you know, no, I turned and ran at the point where, by the way, this flight was not my fault. And the okay, guy. I didn't say it was your no, fault. No, I know. But I know people are thinking, I bet you did it. But I didn't. <laughs> and then the guy picked up the shards of glass after it, like, pinged <gasps> off me. So that's why I was like, okay, no. I don't want to get stabbed. You hightail it. You hightail it as, as fast as you can. Anyway. You scoot out of there. Yeah. You scoot, scoot. Very lucky. Your boot scooting baby. Got to run from the broken there. bottle. Yeah. Got to 
Run from the shard of glass that's going to stab in your gut. I didn't want to get stabbed. No. Anyway, so while he's kind of recovering and feeling sorry for himself and drinking and painkillers. This pain is the killers, Dark Knight comic. This comic. is this, what's well, called Dark Knight, a true Batman story. What he does, what he envisions happening is kind of like the way that uh, A Christmas Carol. So what he's, he's, he's imagining these characters from the comic books in this show, like visiting him, like the Joker will turn up and like mock him for like his cowardice. And Batman will show up and be like, you know, if it was me, I would have bloody done this or that. And he's like, well, yeah, but you're fictional and Batman and, you know, like 18 different, you know, karates and whatever. And he also he buys a gun to protect himself. And- Did you say karate? Karate, yes. <laughs> That's how you it's say karate. it. karate. No, no, it's karate. <laughs> it's not- that sounds like you're saying car with a ra That's what I was saying. Anyway, no he also purchases a gun as protection. Uh, they never find these guys, by the way. And then there's Batman because Batman's anti-guns. It's like guns are weapons of cowards and all whatever right. and all this kind I of things. I find this really boring. Yes, but what it, what is interesting about this comic, oh, and it God, is a good finally. comic. Finally, <laughs> um, <laughs> This is about a man overcoming this event through like therapy and fictional characters kind of dragging him out of this uh, depression that he sunk into. So, I see what's So this happened. was like his brain, like uh, this was a coping mechanism. And it's a newer book. It's probably like maybe four or five years old, maybe not even. Uh, but it's about him kind of coming to terms with it and, and like building himself up and coming out of it and prioritizing things in his life because he was he was kind of looking at like he was, I'm living this big Hollywood lifestyle. I've got a cool car and I've got a great writer's job and I met Steven Spielberg and all these kinds of things and puts all these things into perspective for him. So, yeah, anyway, I just thought it was, I think, I've never really spoken about it, I don't think, at, at length, but it's well worth a, um, a watch. Listen, a read. It's a book, comic book. Read the it's words. A comic book. And read the words and look at the pictures. Mm. I see. That sounds interesting. Therapy, I believe in humongously. I think it's very important. You probably should have got therapy from the bottle incident. That no, happened no, I was all right. If it had, a, if I'd have been hurt, I definitely would have. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I now think- I'd probably get caught. Like I probably I wouldn't have made it out of the alley. <laughs> You're a slowpoke. Yeah. No, you've been training. You're training for that exact reason no, no. to run away from the dogs. During there the is apocalypse. a difference between someone who's my age and somebody who was 19 at the time or whatever. If you ever play like sport with somebody who's that age, there's a big difference. Like yeah. even if you're like you're fit, there's just it's just a different level of fitness. Yeah, yeah. I know. We had a friend. Of our little person who lives in our house, he's excellent. Mm. Not it's, He's not a Smurf, by the way. We watched the Smurfs recently. He's not a Smurf. He's an actual human being that we created, which is also crazy. And well, that's a, what Smurfs were. They were creation as well. So Yeah, yeah anyway. well, there you go, from Gargamel. Anyway, I tried to explain Smurfs to our son and he was really bamboozled. And fair yeah. enough too. He asked me what Gargamel was and I said, an old man? He's a who warlock. Lives- oh, he's a warlock. Oh, I knew it. You know all the answers. To movie correlated questions, I've not never Moroccan seen that, couscous. Let me tell you, I know what I need to know about Moroccan couscous. <laughs> anyway, I can't remember why. Oh yes, because his friend came round and his friend had mad basketball skills. It's crazy. They're like four years old, and the skills on this kid you were. Like, I incredible. didn't see you miss, and, and it was like on a regular. But anyway, it doesn't yeah, matter. It was really impressive. We gotta, we gotta press on. What have we you gotta got? Press on. Ooh, all right. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Okay, so look, I've had a lot of suggestions uh, on my list, a lot, a lot, a lot. But I've been thinking recently about trying to steer clear of some really sort of darker and depressing subject matter in my leisure time because, well, we're living in our own personal apocalypse. It's a real black mirror. Correct. So I've got two wonderful things to recommend to cheer you up from your boots. So cheer your boots up. Cheer your boots right up. Yeah, correct. Um, So the first one is Into the Unknown, The Making of Frozen 2. Oh, yeah, I saw you watching that. And look, it's six episodes. It's on Disney Plus, and it is just so wonderful. It's exactly what it says on the tin. It's the making of Frozen Two, but it's fascinating. It's a documentary that follows um, the dir- the director, writer, and chief creative officer Jennifer Lee, who is my new favorite person. I just mm-hmm. think she's fantastic. She was a children's book author, and then she came on board to write Frozen, um, the first Frozen, or the, the first Frozen, Frozen. When they had no idea what they'd created, and it was a runaway success, and just became this iconic film with her co-director Chris Buck. Um, who's also an animator, and just the process of watching two people at the height of their kind of game creating something so iconic, having to follow up is really fascinating. So there's on the one hand it's looking at the technical um, prowess and the skill set of the people at Disney, but for me what was most fascinating was finding the voices of the characters Um, and Jennifer Lee did a lot in the writing process to kind of, she actually started writing a journal from Elsa's perspective to get Mm. back into the head of the characters and find her way through and just the enormous amount of pressure that was on them because obviously Disney has such incredible brand you know, awareness, everyone adores them. There's so much pressure on Frozen 2. It was one of the, I would say, the most anticipated animated sequels, really. Ever? Do you think? Well, re- in recent history. Sure. Do you think? Probably. For yeah. a certain contingent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I would say, yeah, but probably but, in general. I mean, Frozen, think about how iconic I'm the trying songs to think of, I can't Frozen think of another were. one recently. I'm no, sure and those one, songs are so I'll, now in the ether, in like in our, you know, everyday language mm. about, you know, let it go. And, and it's also, so I think the music in the second one is probably as good, maybe some yeah. are even better. And the animation is obviously better because animation progresses. Yeah. But the story is kind of All right. Bullshit. We won't have another <laughs> argument. We, we did have a massive argument about Frozen 2 on a previous episode that Collins will link below. We're not having an argument this time. This is purely about watching something that's uplifting and makes your heart sore and takes you back to a time pre-COVID. So it was before social distancing and everything. What I loved, actually, they also follow the producer, Peter Del Vecco, and how much he loves the show and how it came to be. But the two people that I loved getting to know the most were the songwriters, Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. They're a married couple, James, a married couple Mm. who write and create all the songs for Frozen. And it's so incredible to watch two people who are just so clearly meant to work together and must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um and and you know, at the height of their game and able to really capture the emotion of a moment mm. and then the process of their songwriting matching up with the story that Jennifer Lee is writing is really fascinating and the way they round table the ideas for the story 
and then come to them with this music is just mind-blowing. And they do it in this small studio and I think the gift that they bring in being able to create such emotional complexity and just pull at your heartstrings yeah, right. when you listen to Frozen because they don't do the orchestral stuff. They do the lyrics and the, you know, kind of melody of the song and she, Kristen Anderson-Lopez, is really incredible at kind of singing the song through and understanding the character's motivations. And so they were really kind of connected in together as a couple because Robert Lopez then then does the piano underneath and they kind of work together. And watching them create Lost in the Woods, which is ostensibly one of my favourite songs, and they came to the producers and the writers with the idea that they wanted his song to be like one of those like 90s pop band you know, kind it sounds of like the, the Karate Kid theme, um, the love song from the Karate Kid. Yeah, it does. It's yeah, it's yeah. just so iconic. The way when they play, you see them in the documentary play that song for the first time to the group of writers, mm. and everyone's just laughing and just it's magic. So, I mm. just would totally recommend if you want to be kind of swept up in swept creative, away. Yes, well, even if you hated Frozen Two or you never saw it, just the the mechanics yeah. of watching how they bring it to the screen is. Amazing. I, I love behind the scenes stuff. And in the last probably five to 10 years, that stuff has slowly dwindled away because as DVD sales have dropped off, yeah. it used to be a big deal. Like, you, have you, I don't know if you've seen the Lord of the Rings special features. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Amazing. Like, that's like, if you, you could probably watch that instead of going to film school. Like, it's that kind of level of, yeah. of detail. And so I've always found that stuff really fascinating. And so it's like DVD extras that now you can get. Yeah. I think it's such an interesting feature that Disney are doing. They also did one for The Mandalorian as well. I think they did one for every episode maybe. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think it's fascinating. Yeah, it yeah. is so good. And they interview the cast of characters as well. Mm. So they interview Kristen Bell, Idina Menzel and Josh Gad as Olaf. Jonathan Groff. They do as Kristoff. And he does all of his lines while he's in New York. Um, and oh, really? they do it in California. Yeah, so that's really fascinating. And to see him sing and find Lost in the Woods is really great and the process Because he didn't get too. to sing on the first one either, which is no. crazy. Yeah. No, and there's another story too that I didn't realise, but Chris Buck, who is the director, mm. his son Ryder Buck, just ride a buck. Ride a buck. Don't make fun of it. Listen to what I'm about okay, to say. Okay, this is going to be a tragic thing, isn't it? His name is Ryder, yes. So um, Ryder Buck got uh, testicular cancer, stage four, came mm. through it, and I think he was in his 20s. Yeah, right. And then got cleared of it and then six months later died in a car accident. Jesus. You know, and it was just before Frozen won the Oscar. Oh, so right, when they yeah. get up there to collect their Oscar for Frozen, they um, dedicate it to their guardian angel writer. I don't know how people come back from something yeah, like that. Yeah, I know. I thought what's really interesting is, you know that song they sing about grief and about doing the next right thing? Mm. And uh, who sings that? Anna. The character of Anna yeah. Kristen Bell sings that. And it makes so much sense why they went to the depths of grief and the the way that song is written I think really hits a chord about grief in a way mm. that I've never seen in an animated feature before. I mean, I lost my dad maybe five, six years ago. Not maybe, I did. <laughs> and, and just to be clear, yeah. he died. You didn't yeah. lose him. No, he we looked behind die. the fridge. He wasn't there. Correct. Yeah. Um, and watching that particular moment in Frozen 2, and I didn't know this, that mm. Chris had lost his son, it just it just blew me away with how uh, accurate 
the feeling that they've managed to capture in that moment is. And you watch Kristen Bell sing that moment and she's mm. crying as she's singing. So she says it took her to a really dark place of of um, her own kind of battles with mental health and depression yeah, right. and anxiety. Because she's only recently come out and spoken about that, hasn't she? Yeah, she, she yeah. has. And mm. when you think about her, you see her as this kind of perfect person that would have this wonderful life and you just don't know what's going on yeah, for people. you never do, do you? No. Yeah. And I Which know- is that thing about that you always remind me, you're like, hey, be kind, that person might be terrible for a reason. I'm like, fine, fine. <laughs> but it is, it's so true. Yeah, it is, Often it absolutely people, is. Are, everyone's going through their own thing and I think particularly now that's even more so the case mm. in this pandemic. Everyone has their own story about how things are being affected in different ways Anyway, and I think that song really encapsulates just grief as a whole. And I think the pandemic has really brought grief as an emotion to the fore hugely. I feel like I'm constantly cycling through all those feelings of grief, you know, anger, depression, (laughs) all of those things. Um, And acceptance as well. You're kind of moving through all of those things as you go with it. And I think acknowledging that. Um, Because we are, we're all losing little things about our ordinary lives in different ways. And so that song is so beautifully done by Kristen Bell. It's sung by her and that's beautifully done. But Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez have just done such a brilliant job of writing that song and Chris Barking directing that song. Um, So, yeah, anyway, the soundtrack, even if you don't see the movie, the soundtrack itself is a beautiful one to listen to and really inspiring. And I loved that line, do the next right thing. And I and Oprah says that a lot too. You know, I love an Oprah quote. When you can't do anything else, you just do the next right thing. Mm. You don't think about ten steps ahead or the future or how far things will go. You just do what you can in the moment that feels like the next right thing, and be kind. So, anyway, I'll stop rambling on about friends. No, I just loved it so much, and I just thought it was such an incredible feat. And also just they follow the technicians and animators as well. Mm. And often I didn't realise this in an animated feature. I'm talking about this way too much. That's Sorry, all right. What time really is it? Boring. I was 25 minutes. Yeah, let's, let's really just wrap boring. it after this. That's all right. Um, I didn't realise this when they make an animated feature like this. They'll take, oh, it might only be maybe 15 seconds, 20 seconds or 30 seconds, say maybe a minute. and They, and <laughs> they take a period of time. <laughs> It could be a second. It could okay. be 15 so seconds. It's about a it could minute. be 10 minutes. <laughs> so it's it could a very be four short hours. sequence. So anyway, one animator in Disney Studios will be in charge of like literally that minute. Yeah. I didn't realize that. And they work for like four years on this like one the same thing, part, yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Like you follow one of the animators um, who's a girl, I'd say she's in her 20s. She is just doing the bit where Anna, I mean, Elsa runs up the hill into the unknown and mm. throws her arms up. That's it. She just does that. Light and they just keep watching her just do that one little run up the hill over yeah. and over and over again. And the other really cute thing is the animators film themselves doing actions. Yes, there's a lot of that. I love That's that. like an old technique it. of like cool. film themselves or a lot, like they do like use like mirrors for facial expressions. Now for actors often they'll record them doing the, the sounds. The sounds, the voices, and the, and then they'll incorporate that in. Sometimes they'll move and motion track their face to capture facial performances and things like wow. that. But often, yeah, you'll get a lot of reference material. Like if you see like Robin Williams in like the sound booth for like 
Aladdin. It's like you can see they incorporate a lot of like his mannerisms and facial expressions. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize. I just thought it was so adorable watching these like animators get their boyfriend to Mm. film them running along a road or something and then adding it into the whole thing. It's It's like they used to, I know, because me and Mason have done them for Caravan of Garbage, but like for like Dumbo and the Lion King, they'd, they'd they'd bring lions out and elephants and they watch how they move and kind of and record that and then try to incorporate that into their animation. So, yeah, it's like an old technique that bloody kind of, it's sort of evolved, but it's pretty much at its core it's the same thing it's always kind of been. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, I loved it. I just re- – anyway, so that's on Disney Plus, Into the Unknown, Making Frozen 2. I and Mulan about it for is coming to Disney Plus. Ooh. What do you think about this? Well, me and Mason will talk about it on the more popular show, The Weekly Planet. Milan uh, is coming is. to Disney Plus for thirty dollars US. Thirty buckaroos. Yeah, so that's on top of you already having Disney Plus. Yes, it's a two hundred million dollar movie. Yes. How do you feel about that in terms of pricing? You mentioned this to me in the kitchen, and yes. I said fine. And the yeah. reason I say, I mean, fine, also, it's a like understandably, there'd be people who'd be like, "That's a lot for a movie to watch at home," you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But then I also, when I, I think after watching, if you break down the doco, cost of it, though, and how much you'd spend if you went to the movie yeah. theater, like you'd spend that, but you'd also spend money maybe on food and we'd going all, out for dinner. Like, the or three whatever. of us would go. The baby would be for free, obviously. Like we'd probably even go a couple of times. Like maybe I'd go once with him, and then you'd go whatever with him as well. But yeah, so that'd be at least forty bucks, and then if we got food yeah. and whatever, which I and I think I feel like that too. Maybe I, you know, we're privileged at the moment that we could afford that. I yeah. guess which is part of it. But I also feel like yeah, the reason I say that is because we're literally going nowhere. Yeah. We're not going out for dinners or lunches or no. the movies. You can or get a four thousand dollar fine for going out of your five kilometer radius of your house. Yeah, and, and you no can only, shops are and open. And you can only leave. No retail. Yeah. No, you can only leave your house for four reasons, shopping, caregiving, going to the doctor or whatever. Yep, suicide. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> Work if, you, if you're permitted with a permit. Yeah. Anyway, and you're only allowed to exercise for one hour a day outside your house. Mm, yeah. Goodness gracious. And you can only have one person from the household going to the shops. Yes, a Correct. day. A day. That's it. Anyway, to get groceries. So whoop dear Louie, this is fun. Anyway, all I'm saying is we're literally not doing anything. We're not spending any money on petrol. We're not spending any money on yeah. transport to get to the film. And they put so much money and, and time still, and effort. And we are still, luckily enough, still working. Yeah, exactly. So part. to me, yeah. I think fair enough, mm. you know. But look, it, everyone's in different circumstances. So. Totally, yeah. Yeah, but to me, I think fair enough. So mm. there you go. Cool. All right. Uh, All right. Uh, one- well, on the topic of positive things, Claire, which yes. I know you're about, uh, I think I we did this a while back, but I'd like to do it again. Yeah. Because. Last week you're like, why are you such a downer all the time, James? Why are you always bringing us down with your negativity? <laughs> I know it's your personality. Also, as I said it. to Mason, I think recently, <laughs> I think I'm actually less negative than what I used to be, if yeah. you can imagine that. I would say that's absolutely true. This is you. On <laughs> It's so funny to me. This is you way less cynical yeah. than you <laughs> used to be. But that's because I knew you when you were like 22. I push it down, mate. I knew you when you had long black hair with a red streak and you thought you were super cool. Grip my teeth and I go, that's great. (laughs) It's great. I love it. (laughs) You used to literally be the character from Nick Hornby's book. What a terrible bloke, yeah. I probably (laughs) modeled myself on that more. But, uh, yeah, I, I also do, I think I did it before we had kids, but I also do it just because it's nice. So, like, when we're working with my son and, like, someone walks past and they're like, and, I say hi, I'll make a note at the point of being like, 
instead of being like, what a weird hat that guy was wearing. I'll be like, what a nice man. He's like, he was nice. And I'm like, yeah, not weird. Didn't have a weird hat, did he? No. <laughs> Is this because I pointed out to you that you really enjoy just making fun <laughs> I love constantly? It. I do. That's your favourite yeah. thing. It's how you bond yeah. with people. And yeah. your, it's basically your whole life. Did you see that guy do that weird thing? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're literally, one of your favourite pastimes is when we used to be able to drive places, which we can't anymore, <laughs> but back in the old times when we could drive to people's houses that we liked to visit yeah. or didn't like, no, we like our friends, um, and family, to drive to drive somewhere, you would just constantly look at people walking down the street and make voices yeah. for them. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd do the vo- I'd be like, <laughs> so it'd be like a guy eating a pie. And I'd be like, I don't kill my wife. I'm eating, I'm eating a pie. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but I, I do that because you love it. Give me a fucking sandwich. I'm having a pie. I know because it's so funny. Yeah. So, like you'll see a guy in a suit on the phone. You'll be like, ha, business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Darren. Ha. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I love anyway, it. So, anyway, but anyway what I was going to say is what are the things that people are doing to like get through? And obviously in different parts of the world, if you're in New Zealand, you're probably fine. You're out, you guys are out of the other yeah, end of it. You're crushing around. it. But what are some things that you're finding is keeping you sane? Like I'd be curious to hear what, what works for different people. Yeah. Um, Please email well, us. Email us just in or the, at SuggestiblePod on Twitter. I said just make the thing. That was my just old make podcast. The thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. SuggestiblePod at gmail.com or Twitter us. Twitter us. Give or us a Twitter tweet. us. Twitter yeah. or Twitter at suggestible pod on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even on my Instagram at Claire Twenty. Or my Instagram at Mister Sunday Movies. But um, to tell Twitter us what you're doing better. to get through. What are yeah. you doing to get through? We'll talk currently? about it next week, Claire. Oh. But I can. I, I read good reviews. That's how I get through. Because oh. you know you can do it. Five stars in app. This is from DJ Thumbs Up. It's great pod. <laughs> I love the name. It's like no, well, it's an emoticon. I oh. uh, love the chemistry between these two. James's morbid take on life and Claire's upbeat attitude, winking smiley face. We need longer episodes, exclamation mark. Well, they got one today. You certainly We're did. three minutes over. I only recommended one thing and then I just yelled about couscous for the rest of it. But that's all right because I didn't really have another thing. <laughs> and then at the end you told us that you were trying to be a better person by making fun of people less. That's right. But at the same time, I still make fun of people. <laughs> you just do that's it in cool. your head. That's fair enough. And out loud. You can email the show, as we've already said, just like Shelby has. Shelby, I cannot say your last name. I'm so sorry. Lobker. I don't know, but I like you. Hi, Claire and James. I was so excited when Claire mentioned Patricia Lockwood's COVID-19 article a couple of weeks ago. That was a hilarious read. I wanted to mention that she also has a really brilliant memoir called Priest Daddy that I feel like Claire would really enjoy. It's a fascinating look at how love can both show and hide itself in a conservative family, and it's also right hilarious. 10 out of 10 recommend. I love listening to you both every week. Thank you for sharing yourselves and your thoughts with us. Yours, Shelby Joe. Oh, my goodness. That is a 10 out of 10 recommendation, it would say. It totally say. is. I really want to read that. I really love that article, Patricia Lockwood, and I never heard of her before. Really enjoyed it. That's great. All right. Is that the show? Yep. Next week. Tell us your things. Tell us your things and we'll tell you what we're doing to say. You know what I am doing? I watched Mike Babiglia's The New One on Netflix. Great. Comedy special. Brilliant. I laughed so hard. I laughed. And I didn't even fall asleep. No. I often fall asleep. Yeah, that's I didn't. right. Claire it falls was asleep. so funny. When he talks about the magic sleep suit. Oh, mate. Oh, the one that he made oh, for himself. Yeah. So funny. Have I talked about on that on this show? I don't know. I, I did want to talk about one thing very briefly. What's that, Claire? Okay. No one else. If you've never had kids and you're not a woman, maybe you don't care about this. 
But I'm going to tell you. Well, that's me. See you later. Okay. After you have a baby, a, a funny thing happens where you cannot fit into anything you own. Well, that's for me anyway. Mm. You're like fat, but I, I quite like being, you know, round in places, but you're like weird, like lumpy in weird places that normal clothes just won't fit. Like the back you, of your head. Yeah, and your maternity clothes where you're supposed to show off your baby bump suddenly feel a bit weird being like, look at my baby bump. There's no baby in there, but look at it. Mm. Anyway, I've worked very hard to try and be body positive and I think it's really important to embrace yourself at all different shapes and sizes. So I'm trying to embrace my body currently, but I was coming up a cropper because I couldn't fit into anything and Mm. I didn't know what the bloody hell to put on myself. So I've decided... To, instead of trying to squeeze into my jeans, which I couldn't even fit into at the moment. A jean squeeze. A jean squeeze, even my maternity jeans. I've bought blue leggings and they've bloody changed my life. Jeggings? Jeggings, yeah. And now because I feel like black is very depressing and I'm trying to move away from wearing black all the time because black is depressing. You want some colour in your life. Yeah, but black's thin, uh, thinning, slimming? No, it's not really. It's just depressing and it also dulls colours down. If you wear black with a colour... Generally, it just kind of dulls the other colour. Doesn't that colour pop though more with no, the black? No, but that's why jeans generally, blue jeans, make a lot of other things look good because it goes with a lot. I love blue jeans. Anyway, no one else probably cares about this, but I it's really changed my life. I've got some blue leggings and I've just been able to fit into a whole lot of different like floaty, comfy tops. Mm. I bought myself some excellent cardigans because the other thing is, when you're in lockdown, what the bloody hell do you wear that doesn't make yourself depressed all the time? Because active wear every day, all day is bloody depressing. But who wants to wear uncomfortable work gear if you're not working on a teleconferency thing all the time? So I bought myself some colourful, cosy cardigans in bright, fun colours. Mm. Bought myself a bright yellow scarf and some blue jeggings. And I'm, I'm in heaven. So Collings often puts down the bottom like the, th- the links to the things that we recommend. So if <laughs> Collings, if you could just write some clothes, I guess, <laughs> Shut that up. would be great. Anyway, all I'm saying is I'm currently trying to, and I'm not going to say that horrible phrase, get your body back or. Get your back, get, get rid of the you, baby, you know, bod, get, yeah. get back, get back, get yeah, into business. all of that stuff. And Because I don't believe in putting pressure on ourselves in that way. And I think what we should value ourselves much more for what we can do and what our bodies can do and how healthy we are than what we look like or fitting into a particular size what we weigh. However, I am trying to get stronger and fitter again because yeah. my body got a bit floopy at the end of pregnancy. So I'm working on getting oh, healthier and you, fitter and stronger. You, because also you couldn't like lift weights or anything as well. So that's- Yeah. All I'm saying is that if you are someone who has recently had a baby. That's me. Yeah. Um, get yourself some blue leggings. I will. Some clothes. <laughs> okay. I guess. <laughs> All right. Love All right, to you see guys. you next week for positive, positive, positive times. Oh, God, who is and this And if you man? send in a picture, send in a picture of yourself and I'll make fun of it on the show. <laughs> we knew he was there all along. What a farce. I'm who never, are you and what have you done? I'm never going away. I just got to push him down, push him you down. You just suppress it, press it. Yeah. That's no, embrace who you are. Embrace your negativity. No, I shouldn't. I should and embrace who I am. All right, see you <laughs> next really week. We've really blown out this week, guys. See you next week. See you next week. See you next week. See you, bye. See you next week. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.